The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Well, greetings, everyone, and thank you once again for joining us. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and it is our goal to acquaint you with these teachings as well. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy, and our focus today is on healing disease. Well, a very worthy topic. Yeah, well, it certainly is, Tom. But what we're not talking about here is is medical cures or procedures for healing. Mm -hmm. We're coming at this from the spiritual dimension. You know, we know that there have been plenty of studies that have shown a powerful link between prayer and healing. For many, this link is not merely conjecture, but in fact conclusive. And it certainly should come as no surprise that people who pray regularly tend to be happier and healthier. Yeah, and of course, we promote prayer for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is to promote happiness and health. But today our focus is on the use of a particular form of prayer, decrees, and the secret healing ingredient, the violet flame. Well, let's let's hope it's not a secret anymore. <laughs> well, we're going to see to that. Tom, as we've spoken of in previous programs, the violet flame is an amazing multi-purpose spiritual tool for healing body, mind, and soul. It sure is. And the violet flame has the power to cleanse, heal, forgive, and transmute negative karma. Did you know that the famous seer and mystic Edgar Cayce recognized the healing power of the violet light? Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. And uh, Daniel Brinkley saw and experienced the violet flame in his near-death experiences, too. You know, fact is, healers and alchemists have long used this high-frequency spiritual energy to bring about energetic balance and spiritual transformation. And what was available to them long ago is now available to everyone. Which is cause for celebration. You know, so let's look at what the violet flame is and how it works. First of all, the violet flame is more than merely violet light. Right. It's actually a spiritual energy that uh, appears violet to those who have developed their spiritual vision. And basically invisible. Yeah. Right? (laughs) You know, in previous centuries, knowledge of the violet flame was given only to a chosen few who had proven themselves worthy to handle it. Saints and adepts of both East and West have long used the violet flame to accentuate their spiritual development. Right. But this uh, this one secret knowledge was not revealed to the masses until the 20th century. And, you know, man, what a tremendous gift it is to us. The violet flame has many purposes, as you said earlier. It can revitalize and invigorate us. It can heal emotional and even physical problems, improve relationships, and make life easier. And more important than that, uh, the violet flame changes negative energy into positive energy. <laughs> no small thing. Which 
makes it an effective tool for healing. You know, it sure does. By transforming negative thoughts and feelings, you know, the violet flame provides a platform for healing all levels of our being, body, mind, and soul. And many people who've become familiar with the violet flame consider it to be one of the highest gifts of God to the universe. You know, and I would certainly agree with that. You know, so how does it work? Among the many powerful attributes of the violet flame is its ability to act like a cosmic cleanser. You know, when used properly, it can quickly clean up the gunk within us that resides there from our past actions. You're talking about our negative karma, aren't you, I sure am. (laughs) We all have residue within our beings from negative karma, bad habits, harmful thought forms, and so on. The violet flame, when applied correctly, erases and transmutes this residue, literally purifying it and returning it to its once pristine state. And that's because, as we know, all of the energy that we use is literally God's energy. Ah. And if we've chosen, for whatever reason, to misqualify that energy, the result is an accumulation of negative density, uh, bad karma, if you will. <laughs> that it must be purified before it can return to God. You know, and that is essentially what the Vita Flame does. It transmutes negative karma into light, love, and illumination, which are wholly acceptable in God's sight. So uh, tell us, Tom, how do we use the violet flame to access its many qualities? In a word, decrees. That's right, decrees. Now, these powerful prayers that utilize the science of the spoken word are the best way in the world, in my estimation, to deliver the violet flame wherever it's needed. You know, and here's where this action can make all the difference. The negative energy we've referred to can manifest as everything from disease or accidents to ingrained habit patterns that keep us from getting along with others. You know, this negativity is recorded in our aura, which is the energy field that surrounds our physical body. And when we decree, we set up a positive vibration that goes to work instantly to begin transmuting this residual negativity. Okay, you know, before we continue with this subject, we want to direct all of our listeners to our website, www.tsl.org. In particular, please visit our bookstore and look for titles on the Violet Flame, such as Violet Flame to Heal Body, Mind, and Soul. We have a wealth of information available on the Violet Flame, as well as everything you'll ever want to know about decrees, chakras, ascended masters. It's all there. And that's www.tsl.org. Okay, now where were we? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, turning negative energy into positive energy within us. This is perhaps the most essential step in healing. Transmutation. That's right. Turning the bad to the good and the darkness to the light. That's it. And we're all carrying burdens of one sort or another. And left unchecked, these densities can negatively affect our health. That's right. Negative energy actually solidifies and collects around us. And it can weigh us down like, if you will, a pair of cement overshoes. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that one in a long time. Uh, So let's all lighten up, as it were, with the vibe of flame. It should also be pointed out that some of the burdens we carry come from without. In other Mm -hmm. words, uh, from somebody other than ourselves, like being subjected to anger or hatred, jealousy, frustration, impatience. Well, you're absolutely right. These things get caught up in our auras, too, and they definitely affect our mood, our happiness, our balance, well-being. And in situations like that, the violet flame can act like a wonderful antidote to both self-inflicted and external poisons. We should probably mention here again that there are other powerful forces at our disposal through decrees, in addition to the violet flame, that can also be beneficial in keeping a healthy balance in our lives. Like the blue flame, Precisely, precisely. Blue is the power flame that we use to protect ourselves from the slings and arrows of modern life. And by calling to Archangel Michael and his legions of blue flame angels, for example, to invoke the power of the blue flame, we can build an invincible armor of light around our individual force fields to thwart angry and hateful assaults on our peace. You know, or to protect us when we travel. 
or help us keep our balance and spiritual center in the face of life's confrontations. And there are also flames that promote purity, abundance, wisdom, and understanding, all supported by Ascended Masters and our friends, the angels. Yeah, and it's not just the violet flame that's available for sustaining and propelling us on our spiritual journey. But the violet flame is certainly one tool that everyone should have and know how to use. You know, as we said earlier, many, including us, consider the violet flame to be one of the highest gifts of God to the universe. And now, as is our practice... Terry has prepared a wonderful excerpt from the Ascended Master teachings on the Violet Flame. Yes, I have. Should we play it now? (laughs) Well, you know, in a moment. First, though, I think we should probably point out that we can make no guarantee whatsoever that the spiritual system of the science of the spoken word, including meditation, visualization, dynamic decrees, and spiritual healing as we have spoken of them, will yield successful results for anyone at any time. Well, that's a good point. (laughs) The functioning of cosmic law is a direct experience between the individual and his higher consciousness. You know, as in Jesus' time, some were healed, some were not, according to their faith or lack of it. The practice and proof of the science of being rests with the individual. No one can do it for another. So what we're saying is the spiritual science and techniques we're talking about do not replace medical treatment. Exactly. And on that note, Let's hear a bit more about Healing with the Violet Flame from our own Terry Kennedy. The Violet Flame is a spiritual energy used in the retreats in the heaven world. It is also known as the Mercy Flame, or the Flame of Forgiveness, as well as the Freedom Flame. This seventh-ray aspect of the Holy Spirit can be called forth through prayer and mantra. We can use the analogy of a film in a movie projector to describe the action of the Violet Flame. As you use the violet transmuting flame, you are washing the imperfections and streaks from the film of life and from the lens. You purify the lens, and the film is washed and altered by master artisans, so that it can reflect the purity of the light rays passing through it. As you change and transmute the film that is in the projector of your consciousness, you will alter the picture that is cast upon the screen of life. You can then become a manifestation of perfection, designed in the form of a son or a daughter of God. You are no longer an individual expressing temporal manifestations of imperfection, but you are a son or daughter of the Most High God as you drink in the consciousness of the eternal light that is within you. The violet flame can be used to transmute or change any negative energy in our lives, the energies of hatred, anger, discord, and hardness of heart. Devotees use it to transmute negative karma, and to produce positive change in all areas of human endeavor, whether personal or planetary in scope. The following is a simple mantra from the Master Saint Germain, the Master who introduced the violet flame to mankind. I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. As you give this mantra, you can visualize this high-frequency spiritual energy of the violet flame erasing your problems, resolving burdens, and liberating you from sadness or regret due to poor choices in the past. Every day the angels deliver to us a new little packet of karma, our assignment for the day. If we douse it with violet flame at dawn, we can transmute and soften the karma, then balance the rest in service through our job, our family and community, and whatever good works we do on that day. Don't let your karma pile up, because you can get burdened by it. Clean up the day's offering as it arrives, and if you can do a bit extra to clean up the rest of this life and a bit more for previous lifetimes, you will be well on your way to accelerating your consciousness. The Masters tell us that when our physical and spiritual bodies become clogged by negative energy and karma, it slows down the vibration of the electrons in our four lower bodies. 
We then begin to resonate more with negativity and less with the pure cosmic energy that comes from our God Presence. And eventually, we can become ill. The more substance there is in our four lower bodies, the lower our rate of vibration and the more burdened we become. Spiritually, this is why people die. If you have studied acupuncture and yoga, you know that optimum health comes when spiritual energy is flowing freely through our bodies. When karmic substance solidifies, it's like the hardening of the arteries of our spiritual bodies. When we resonate with this negativity, we will gradually become it unless we do something to turn ourselves around. The violet flame transmutes anything negative that is lodged anywhere in your spiritual or physical being. This includes everything from kernels of self-hatred to physical viruses. When the violet flame goes to work, it passes through the clogged spaces between the electrons and the nuclei. It ejects these particles of dense substance from your body and dissolves them. This process transmutes the negative energy into positive energy and restores it to its native purity. Uh, thank you, Terry. Now, when we come back, we will hear a fascinating interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, in which she speaks of the relationship of reincarnation and disease, taking responsibility for our own healing, and more. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. 
If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, everyone. Um, in the following interview, Elizabeth Clear Prophet speaks on the role of personal responsibility and free will for healing, the roles played by the Ascended Masters in this process, and a lot more. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. We left off talking about taking responsibility in matters of healing. How does one put that into action? Well, we were talking about the Ascended Masters and their chilas. The Ascended Masters are concerned that their chilas put on the mantle of Christ, of Buddha, and not merely touch the hem of the garment. There is a big difference here, and it's important that we realize that we may be in the presence of Jesus Christ, and he may heal us. In fact, he may heal us lifetime after lifetime. But until we actually realize our responsibility in the use of free will and the use of God's energy, we will never be free from this round of rebirth. To gain that freedom, we need to begin to ask ourselves, well, why do I have this problem? All of us have a basic awareness of the effects of certain foods upon our bodies. Now, I would not think of asking someone to heal me of a condition in my body which I incurred by knowingly partaking of food which does not help the harmony of my body. I would recognize that I would have to fast for a day or remove that type of food which has an adverse effect upon me. Well, if we can study the causes and effects in the physical temple, we can realize that indulging in temper tantrums or periods of weeping or prolonged periods of hatred of other parts of life or jealousy also has its effect. We can watch ourselves and we can see that even dishonesty will result in a certain type of physical disease. Sometimes it does not come immediately, but over the years these energies recycle. Now, we can go for an instantaneous healing or we can say, I'm going to take command of my life and I'm going to eliminate the hatred that is causing me this suffering. And so it goes. How can one identify causes that may have occurred many lifetimes ago? Well, it is not always easy, and one doesn't necessarily have to identify these momentums at subconscious levels. One can know that if one is experiencing a problem in one of the four lower bodies, that it is an effect of a past misuse of energy. That misuse of energy may be as recent as an hour ago when we ate something we shouldn't have eaten or we drank something that we shouldn't have drunk. Or it may have been 15 embodiments ago. In either case, the correct use of the sacred fire, the call to the violet flame, the affirmations of Jesus Christ will begin to set God's energy in motion to heal the cause and core of the condition. Is illness always a manifestation of past misuse of energy? No, not altogether. Illness may be simply the effect of the weight of the mass mind upon oneself, and therefore one needs to protect one's temple. One can begin to have a headache because of very dense energies of confusion or discord that are manifesting through people close to oneself or at a greater distance away. Are we influenced by people we don't have direct contact with? That is to say, does the world at large affect the way we feel? 
We can notice this when we're all trying to get out of the city at the same time on Friday night. We flee the city because the city is dense. We want to get out into the country, into the mountains, somewhere else. This is because there's a heavy concentration of the human consciousness and human miscreation. And we feel the effects of it as density, as actual weight and fatigue upon our bodies. So we go to the hills to get recharged with the energies of God which are in the currents of the earth. So we are constantly being affected by our environment at all planes of consciousness. Just the pollution itself is a cause for disease and should not be considered as something of our past karma, but of dealing presently with our environment. And if we fail to deal with it, we'll be making karma in the present. But whether it is the space without or the space that is within, in other words, the environment of the city or the environment of our consciousness, all change begins with the science of the spoken word through the energy that is in the heart that comes from the heart of God. Jesus has given to us a number of transfiguring affirmations. These use the affirmation of God, the I am that I am, where we are. If we begin with these, then we can tackle the problems of pollution, of the ecology, and of all of the energies that are upon us at the national and the international level, and we can also go within and tackle the problems of our past misuses of the sacred fire. The point of beginning then is the I am that I am. Our meditation upon this name of God is with reverence and with the awareness that this God is even now within our hearts. And so we say, in the name of Jesus the Christ, I am that I am. I am the open door which no man can shut. I am the light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the resurrection. I am the ascension in the light. I am the fulfillment of all my needs and requirements of the hour. I am abundant supply poured out upon all life. I am perfect sight and hearing. I am the manifest perfection of being. I am the illimitable light of God made manifest everywhere. I am the light of the holy of holies. I am a son of God. I am the light in the holy mountain of God. As I repeat these affirmations, I feel the spirit of the living God expanding within me. I feel a cascading energy of light descending upon me like a waterfall or a wind of the Holy Spirit. And I hear the sound of this spirit within my inner ear. It is even a physical sound. And I have found that the more these affirmations are given, the more my being and my vehicles come into a oneness, a congruency with the temple of God. We see then that through the science of the spoken word, healing may be instantaneous or it may be gradual, but it is always the result of our entering into a relationship of dominion 
entering into a relationship of mastery with those who have mastered life before us, the ascended masters. These are the ones who will teach us the way to health and wholeness. Where there are conditions requiring immediate attention, such as surgery or forms of medication, of course, we ought to be practical and avail ourselves of the opportunities which modern science afford us. But right while we are suffering it to be so now, so to speak, we ought to be invoking the light of God to compensate for the energies which we know have been misqualified and have resulted in the present difficulty. Our goal is to preserve the physical body, the mind, and our energy here in matter so that we can prolong our opportunity to serve God. Where there are doctors and scientists who can effectively help us in doing this, we should recognize that we, working with the doctors, become partners with God to affect the wholeness. But then we ought to see about regulating our life, our self-discipline, our diet, our exercise, and our meditation so that we can have greater and greater mastery of these energies of fire, air, water, and earth. Are there particular ascended masters who have a special role in healing? There are indeed, and just as we have specialists in the human scene, there are specialists in heaven. There are ascended masters who have won their victory by the specific application of their life's energies to the problem of healing. Hilarion is the master of the fifth ray. The fifth ray is the ray of science, healing, and truth, also the abundance of God. Hilarion has his retreat over the island of Crete. He was embodied as the Apostle Paul, and during that incarnation was very much endowed with a scientific understanding of Christ's teaching, and also he was the instrument of many miracles and healings. Then there is the Elohim of the fifth ray, and their retreat is on the etheric plane in the Altai range, a mountain range between Russia and China. The Elohim of the fifth ray focus a very intense concentration of science as well as healing, and Cyclopeia specifically is invoked for the intensity of the all-seeing eye of God and for the opening of the third eye. The all-seeing eye of God is the chakra or the center that deals with healing because we are intended to use the all-seeing eye of God to see the perfection of God in man and by seeing this perfection we create the force field necessary for healing. There is one who is known as the Angel Deva of the Jade Temple who also has an etheric retreat in China. You may wonder why these two retreats are in the vicinity of China. Of course, this has to do with force fields and earth currents. The Chinese civilization, one of the oldest on earth, has always been marked by a manifestation of science and the healing arts, and these influences have actually come from these temples. Of course, the Ascended Master Jesus and Mother Mary maintain their focus of healing in the Temple of the Resurrection, which is over the Holy Land in the etheric plane. The Holy Spirit is a major factor in healing, and by our conversion of the Holy Spirit, we often have an instantaneous healing. 
the representative of the Holy Spirit to the evolutions of earth is called the Maha Chohan, which means simply Great Lord. The one who holds this office has his retreat in the etheric plane over the island of Ceylon. The Maha Chohan is an ascended master who truly embodies a tremendous energy of love that has been known to affect instantaneous healings right in the very midst of audiences where his dictations have been given. Thank you very much. Up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, now we are back once again, and joining us is the aforementioned Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sidney. Good to be here. You know, so today we're talking about healing, particularly within the context of applying the violet flame. Why does it work so well? Well, I think you have to look at healing more than just looking at symptoms. Very often when we're not feeling well or we have a, have a problem, we want to alleviate the systems and that, uh, symptoms, and that's natural and that's understandable. 
But the violet flame goes after the cause and core that the symptoms manifest. Mm-hmm. For instance, if a person has a cancer someplace in their body, it could be from results of past actions. It could be world karma as well that you're bearing, but more than likely it's, it's past actions. Well, what were those actions? If you don't go back and change those actions and repolarize that energy, you could be forced to repeat the same thing over and over again. So, yes, you treat the symptoms, you take care of the medical, or you follow good medical advice, and you do those things, but get to the core of the problem. And maybe it's not as extreme as cancer. Maybe it's other things. But until you transmute the core of it, even though you may alleviate the system symptoms, you're really not healed. Now, um, you talk about you know going back and dealing with that. Um, how specific do you have to be? I mean, it, it, can can you apply the healing to your past and have that be sufficient without having to know precisely or exactly what it well, is? Well, obviously, we don't really know our past embodiments, which I think is a mercy sometimes, <laughs> um, <laughs> and what we've done. And so you can just send the healing, excuse me, the violet flame mm-hmm. into whatever the cause and core of your condition mm-hmm. is. And it could be physical, mental, emotional, could be any of these things, but the violet flame will literally go to the cause and core of the problem and not just treat the symptoms. And that's why it's so valuable in healing. In fact, yeah. you may still have the symptoms in some ways. Um, because what happens is God will allow symptoms to continue many times. Number one, to keep us humble. The Apostle Paul <laughs> yeah. talked about that. Oh, yeah. The thorn in his side. Mm-hmm. It kept him humble. And so we may still have the symptoms. It may have to play itself out. We may never be totally free of it. And yet we have the knowledge that we've worked on the cause of it so it doesn't repeat in our life system yeah. streams. Well, we heard it said in our earlier interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet that the violet flame is so powerful that it can sometimes produce instantaneous healing. Now, why do you think that is for uh, some that healing is immediate, while for others it might take an extended period of time to be successful? You know, it, it's an equation, I think. And, of course, I can't speak for God, obviously. But um, there are many factors that go into this. And it could be the intensity of the karma. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be a very serious and heavy karma that has repeated itself many, many times. In other words, some karma may be so intense that it may not just manifest in one lifetime, it may keep coming back. Mm -hmm. And so that means it's a very significant karma that will take some work to go after it. Um, It also, in terms of instantaneous healing, that may be pure grace. It may be the mercy of God and of Jesus that takes a certain karma from us. And so we don't know the equation, but because you don't get immediate healing, it doesn't mean that the violet fame is not working in you. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It means that you've got some work to do. And, And, you know, not all karma is created equal. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, some is much more intense than others. But the mercy of the law is that we have the violet flame because sometimes if you looked at this, some people's karma, it's so overwhelming, you think, how can I ever balance it? You know, And yet the violet flame is so powerful that it can make up the difference instead of spending a thousand lifetimes trying to balance one karma. You know, you mentioned the thorns and um, the humility that sometimes is attendant on, on the whole process of dealing with a disease. It seems pretty clear that our attitude has a great deal of power in how we handle it. For example, just treating whatever is coming our way with grace and gratitude. Right. And, you know, this is why we have to avoid, obviously, the problem of people shaking their fist at God and saying, you know, why why did this happen? You know, what have I done to deserve this? You know, and, you know, the old story, the good die young. Well, the good very often want their karma to be upon them at inner level so they can balance it and move on. Yeah. So it's not a matter of... we can't condemn ourselves or condemn God if we have these healing or have these illnesses or imbalances in our body. But it's a mercy that we have an opportunity to deal with them both at the physical and at the spiritual level. Yeah, and going back to dealing with them, you know, with violet flame, is a complicated violet flame decree necessary to produce results, or is a simple decree or mantra sufficient? Well, 
Yeah, of course, the simple one is sufficient. We have a very simple one that goes, I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. Yeah. I mean, that's something when you're walking to work, when you're going out and you have to take the dog for a walk, when you're even when commercials come on the TV and you mute the, 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 the voice, um, you know, you can give that mantra. Now, there are also more, there are longer violet flame decrees that we have in our decree books that you can look at and see um, online and study them that are also very valuable because they invoke uh, different aspects of the violet flame, maybe different colors right. and so forth. Good point. And so there's different ways to approach this, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Mm -hmm. So it's essential to give any violet flame decree, whether it's short or long, with intensity from the heart then. Well, remember, what you're doing is qualifying energy from God. And so this is not a road exercise. It's one that is, has honor for this light that God has given you, the free will as you is giving it, and you're charging this beautiful, pristine energy from God with this violet flame that can go forth and do its work. So it must be given with love and devotion. Otherwise, it's just rote repetition. Yeah, right. You know, you mentioned earlier that some prayers are answered, some are not. Um, you know, we've been taught that the answers to our prayers, whether for healing or whatever, don't always come in the form that we might desire. You know, is it God's mercy that dictates how and when our prayers are answered? Or are there other factors at work? Well, I, I think, it's a, again, it's a combination of things. Um, you know, if every time we had a headache, if we made a simple call and it was gone, um, you, you treat the symptom but not the cause of it. I'll go back to that again. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody has to ask the question, why do I want to be healed? Now, that may seem like a silly question, you know, because my back hurts. That's yeah, why, right. you know. But, but beyond that, why do you want to extend your life? Why do you want to be free of that pain? What is it you want to do with your life? If it's self-indulgence, if it's harming others, yeah. you know, I mean, you're not going to get much support in heaven for that healing. But if it's to live a life, to, to give to others, to serve others, to pursue your spiritual path, that's the reason for living and going on. And remember that God may, as I said, permit you to continue to have these symptoms simply so you continue to learn your lesson, have empathy for others in pain, and, and also to balance more karma. You know, you may have gone after the cause and core, but you can have suffering does balance a lot of karma. Yeah. And yeah. so it doesn't have to be the karma that caused it. It can be other karma as well. And so it's, it's, it's a kind of a mixed bag there in trying to understand it. We have to have trust and faith that when we invoke the light of God, it will do its work. And then we must trust God to have that out picture according to his will. Uh, Sid, can you uh, speak a little bit more to the relationship between karma and healing? Well, I think there's two parts of this. We all have personal karma. We've talked about that you know, ad infinitum. And we know we have to go back and change that, repolarize it, and so mm -hmm. forth. And again, there could be a, a light karma or it could be a very heavy karma. And trusting God to bring us the circumstances that will allow us to deal with those heavier ones, you know, as we are mature sons and daughters of God, we recognize we've made some pretty big mistakes in other embodiments. That's not to condemn ourselves, but understand we've got to roll up our sleeves and go to work. And so karma is the manifestation of that. And as we recognize karma, we say, well, here's something that needs to be dealt with, not just at the physical level, but at the spiritual level as well. But I also want to mention that's the personal aspect of disease or illness and so forth. Mm -hmm. As Mrs. Prophet alluded to, sometimes we take on world karma. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, why in the world would I want to do that when i got so much of my own? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what the saints have done. They've balanced their karma, and by taking on world karma, a portion of it, they can help others. This is what Jesus did. He bore world karma, and he took it upon himself for these 2,000 years, so we'd have the opportunity to right our ship and do the things we do to make spiritual progress. So we don't condemn anyone that is sick or diseased or anything. Yes, it may be personal karma, but they also will be bearing world karma. 
And it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. what it is in terms of how you deal with it because you deal with it spiritually and physically the same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, um, we are touching on a subject, I think, that is very sensitive to some and at the risk of being redundant here. Um, there have been numerous books written on this subject, um, a lot of discussion. We've heard it. Why do bad things happen to good people? You know, is this soul testing, um, karma from past lives, as you mentioned before, you know, being balanced, world karma? What is it? You know, there, in fact, there have been books. There was a book written with that very title, Wild mm-hmm. Bad Thing, and I was interesting. I read it, and, it, you know, it just didn't get to the truth of the matter. Yeah. When I was growing up, I said, why am I born, why am I living in America in a very comfortable situation physically when people living in other continents in Africa or India don't have enough food to eat? There's got to be a logic to this. There's mm-hmm. got to be a reason for it. It's not randomness. And, the, of course, the, lo- the answer is that it is karma. And so... When bad things come upon good people, it may have been something they did thousands of years ago. It doesn't mean they're bad people now. And so we have to be very careful not to condemn people that have this. And I want to add one other thing here. Sure. A lot of times, souls, before they come into embodiment, as we mentioned before, go have a kind of a review. In other mm-hmm. words, with the what's called the great karmic board, it says, okay, in this lifetime, this is the karma that's coming up. These are the things you need to balance. And oftentimes, souls will say, I so want to make this progress I either want to get that karma at an earlier age, maybe why children get sick sometimes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or I want it at a different level of intensity, which means they may die young. And you think, well, that's not fair. And yet in many cases, the soul has consciously made that decision. They so want to be free of the karma that they will take more than they have to on in a certain embodiment Uh because they so desire to get through it and get home to God. You know, it's certainly true that diseases, accidents, and so forth happen to the very young and are particularly difficult to accept, as you've just said. What can we understand about this and and how not to be tempted to be angry with God? Well, just what I mentioned before, you know, why would you go to a cancer ward in a children's hospital? I mean, it's painful. I mean, Mm -hmm. to see these dear souls. Many of these souls have taken, made the decision on their spiritual bodies with the spiritual overseers to take this karma on early in life. Some may leave life early before they even get 10 or 12 or 13 or whatever, simply because that's all the karma they have to balance. But there's one other thing here that I I really want to mention, and that goes back to those souls that take on world karma early. Mrs. Prophet gave a teaching some years ago about a soul that was born in the south in the United States that had Down syndrome. And this soul, and it was became big news across the country, the parents didn't want this child, and the decision was made, I had some other congenital issues, just to let, the, let this baby die and not give it the care that could prolong its life. And Mrs. Prophet gave the teaching that this actually was a Buddha mm. who had oh embodied to take on world karma. Wow. Wow. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry we have to take a break here, but we do. Um, when we return, we'll continue our discussion of Vida Flame and Healing with Sidney Bennett. Don't go away. Home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, 
where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, thanks, everyone, for staying with us. We are back once again with Sidney Bennett. Now, um, we have obviously hit on some important dimensions of healing, and I think one important factor in particular that I'd like us to explore is the role of free will in the healing process. You know, if, if we can accept our karmic accountability in our experience of illness, then free will is a pivotal factor to understand, isn't it? Well, of course it is, because free will is the cornerstone on which this universe is built and on the creation of the sons and daughters of God. And so even as we use free will to make the karma that brought forth the sickness or the illness, so we have to use our free will to remedy that or to balance that karma. And so we can take the attitude, okay, I made this mistake, I'm going to make it right with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we all appreciate mercy and grace, but I think we all want to take accountability for our lives at one level. And I think that's unique to the sons and daughters of God, that they do understand that. They need to balance this karma, and they want to pay the price, so to speak. And that price can be paid either physically in terms of the discomfort from the karma, but more importantly, you can use the violet flame and other spiritual techniques to balance that karma. It also takes a certain humility to recognize, you know, no one, I have no one to blame but myself, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and again, that may be different when you're bearing world karma, but in general, I think that's a good attitude. We have created our lives. We've created the situations that have brought forth these illnesses. We say, I am going to take accountability with God's help to deal with this. And the mercy of God is that we have the violet flame. We have the superior medical care that's available today that can balance that karma. You yeah. know, I was going to mention surgery, for example. Mm-hmm. We've been given the teaching that when a person has necessary surgery, you can balance a whole chunk of karma. And so it's not only a mercy in terms of healing, but it's also a way to balance karma. As yeah. Mrs. Prophet said, we use these things in conjunction with the spiritual techniques, and it's yeah. a great combination. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm reminded of something you mentioned, we alluded to last segment. Um, how much anger there must be directed at God when we don't accept our personal accountability for our karma? 
You know? It's you know it's, <laughs> it must it's, be staggering. It's scary because it's so self-defeating. Yeah. Because the anger in of itself cuts off the opportunity to receive the mercy and the grace of God. And this is why this understanding is so important mm. that, you know, we're not being mistreated. The universe is a just universe. That doesn't mean there aren't people out there doing bad things that we have to protect ourselves from. But we, it's a recognition that God is in charge. And, and whatever the source of this energy, God is the solution as well. And the violet flame is a technique and tool that God has given us. And so it, it all comes together. It's whether mm. we're looking for healing in our physical body or our personal lives or healing of relationships. It's an acknowledgement and recognition. We have created this ourselves, but God, through his mercy, has given us a way out and doesn't feel better to make things right on your own mm. and then move on. Yeah. It really is a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And be grateful, be humble. Yeah. Now, here's something interesting. One thing we can use the violet flame for is to gain a, a deeper understanding of our personal psychology. And we can learn, for instance, that we might have deep-seated resistance to healing. Yeah. We might feel unworthy, for example, or guilty. And uh, what can you tell us a little bit about this aspect of healing? Well, again, this is a, a part of who we are. And we know from the allegory of the story of the Garden of Eden, which in fact was a, something that took place physically, although not exactly as, as it was described in the Bible, we did leave off God. We did leave the mystery school, which the Garden of Eden was, and the Ascended Masters, and so we left it. And I, that was a long time ago, and we paid a big price in terms of being away from it. I'll say. <laughs> but, but we feel guilty about that, you know, yeah. and, and, and we want to, you know, and in some ways what people do is they want to punish themselves at some level for things they did wrong. And they won't, they won't even forgive themselves, which, of course, God may forgive us, but we have to forgive ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. And so the violet flame will help to go after those things. But sometimes we'll need the work of a therapist to help us to understand these things, where our feelings coming from. And many times it goes back to things we may have done that where we feel unworthy. Or it may be simply we've been uh, so long uh, told that we're worthless sinners, we believe it ourselves yeah. and don't deserve it. <laughs> so, again, working on our psychology understanding the use of the violet flame, who we are, where we're coming from. These are all crucial to every level of our healing that we're seeking. You know, um, I think back on the subject of the violet flame decrees, um, it isn't necessary to only use those violet flame decrees that the ascended masters have given us, is it? I mean, we, we can also formulate personal calls to the violet flame. You know, well, in fact, I'm going to assume that that's correct. And could you expand on this a bit and maybe offer an example or two of what these personal violet flame calls might look like. Okay. Well, let's again go back to the basis of our understanding that 24 hours a day, we have passing through us the pure, pristine energy of God. Yeah. So it's not just between 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning that we need to invoke <laughs> that light right, and charge right. it with the violet flame and so forth. Every thought, word, and deed. Every thought, word, and deed. Yeah. So we use the systematic um, decrees that the masters have given us because they're powerful, because they work, and they're a discipline that we can use. They're formulas that work. However, we're, we're, we're seeking to gain mastery at every level of our being. And the science of the spoken word is something that we can use throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And it can be a very simple call. For instance, if, if uh, you can send the violet flame in, into a cause and core of a relationship, if you're going to have a business meeting with someone or a family member or so forth that's difficult, before you go on, you say into this meeting, you say, in the name of my mighty I am presence, I pray for the violet flame to blaze for through my consciousness and the consciousness of everyone in this meeting to clear all that would oppose healing and God's will. Mm. You can see it's a very simple call, yeah, and yeah. you can use this not only for the violet flame, but for many things other do other other things you're doing. Light is the alchemical key, and when you invoke light, whether it's the violet flame or the protection of the blue lightning angels, you are changing the equation of the situation you're in. And so we're actually called to make calls every hour, not only on the world situation, 
but in our personal situation. I mean, we think of the Middle East today. I mean, this has been going on for 50 oh. years, 60 years, whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. unsolvable. Mm-hmm. In the name of the Christ, we call for the violet flame to go forth into the Middle East to help thwart any war, plans of war, darkness, or whatever. In other words, you can use these tools and inject them to the world scene. And as we're reminded from our show on the angels, the angels are camped on the hillside waiting for us to give them the command and the call, yeah. all according to God's will. Now, you, you mentioned surgery a little, bit, a little bit ago, and there's something almost precise and surgical about using decrees uh, to invoke the violet flame, or any other flame for that matter. But are these, in fact, scientific alchemical formulas? Well, they absolutely are. And, you know, I love the, the visualization that the laser beam gives us. It's yeah. an intense focus of light. And you can visualize the violet flame as an intense focus of light. Literally, with that concentration, it doesn't burn, it purifies. Mm-hmm. And so we can call that into our being and world. If you have a cancer someplace in your body, you can visualize that intense violet flame as a laser beam going into it and the cause and core of it. All these things um, you can use to apply the light. And it is. It is alchemical. It's science. Mm-hmm. And yet it's the science of God. And it's uh, it's kind of the power of the eye magic. The, when you imagine something, it's reality. Is that well, it's, you know, again, you're co-creating with God. Yep. Yeah. You come, it's in God's name we do this and according to his will. But you can use these formulas that are given to us for great results. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fairly common, you know, human nature. In fact, to want to see immediate results when using any remedy to combat disease and promote healing. But isn't the use of the vital flame an end in itself? I mean, isn't it true that using the vital flame will always produce good results regardless of the initial reason we chose to use it? Absolutely. And that's the beauty of this is the universal solvent. We may have things transmuted before they physically manifest within our world. Mm -hmm. As Mrs. Prophet talked about, deal with your karma daily. Every morning you get a little bag, sometimes a big bag, from uh, the angels at dawn. If you invoke the violet flame every day, you can transmute that karma. And then you go back to last year, last decade, previous lifetimes. It's only good can come from the use of the violet mm-hmm. flame. What a gift from God. You know, we should point out here again that we have a wealth of information about the violet flame, decrees, and all of the teachings of the Ascended Masters on our website, www.tsl.org. We've got books, CDs, DVDs, and a lot more all at your fingertips. Again, that's www.tsl.org. And I have to say, unfortunately, we have once again run out of time before we ran out of questions. Uh, Sydney, I'd like to thank you very much for your clarity, for your insights, and for taking the time to be with us today. And I uh, want to make this point at the end here that while the um, upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thanks. And please, folks, join us again uh, on the open door. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. 
This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.